Welcome back to the Not Just the Bikini Girl podcast. This is your host, Jasmine Jeffrey. And today we are coming at you with another posing segment. So if you haven't already, go and check out the one that I did with IFBB Charlie Pickstock. Basically, she did a posing session with me and then we went straight onto a podcast and went massively in detail about that style of posing. So I thought I'd go completely 180 and go down the WBFF route. So this will kind of incorporate people that are looking at Pure Elite, Miami Pro, Glisten Girls, um, maybe if the federation you're going for has got like a diva model class, but any fitness slash fashion style federations, whether it's UK or not, this is the episode you need to be watching 100%. Welcome, Beth Scott, again, round two to the podcast. I'm back. Hello. <laughs> so, quick round up. We've done how many shows now? 10 shows. We've got shows. lucky number 11 in 2021. Fingers crossed if everything, if all these pandemics fuck off, we will uh, be there. <laughs> bit of a brief introduction of Beth. Done PCA. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, sorry, my dog's being really loud. Um, done PCA, done UKBFF, I'm correct from the way, way, way back, but is yeah. now a WBFF bikini pro. So Beth, talk to me or talk to the listeners about the main kind of things that you picked up with me when we did that mm. posing. So I've kind of been practicing a lot of IFBB bodybuilding mm-hmm. style stuff. Could you tell I was a little bit into that swing of things when we first started or not? Not as much as some girls that I've had on for like a Skype pose and stuff. The main thing with you that you weren't doing it, but I said be conscious that you're not doing it is when you're transitioning in a bodybuilding show, the transition's usually a little, little tricep squeeze with a wee shoulder pop and a wee tiki wink to the judges and then you do your pose so bodybuilding poses if you agree are quite robotic Mm -hmm. they're very mandatory you need to stand like this you need to stand like that four quarter turns the only time you get your little personality to shine is when you do the little look at me wee shoulder pop going from front to side or side to back whereas when you're doing a fitness and fashion show it's mandatory, but it's not at the same time. Like your front pose could be slightly angled to the side, depending if that's more flattering for your physique or not. And it's more, you're moving all the time. You're constantly moving. So it's like you're playing with your hair. You're maybe sliding your hands from down at your thighs, up to your waist, up to your hair, flick of the hair. So... If I didn't know you, I wouldn't be able to tell that you'd done a bodybuilding show and now you're wanting to do fitness and fashion. That's good. You did move. Yeah. You moved fluidly considering it was kind of new to you. Like, oh, I've not really done this before. Because I know we did a back pose and you were like, what the fuck is this? Um, But you pulled it off, gal, for the first time trying it out. It was fine. But... This is what I'm saying. It's good to have a bodybuilding background because as we've mentioned, doing from me coming from PCA, UK BFF, it taught you how to sit out in your lap to make your shoulder look big. Therefore, it gave the illusion. Yeah, it gave the illusion your waist was smaller, sitting out in one hip, 
putting all the weight there to make your glute look bigger. So all of those little things that I picked up doing bodybuilding has been really beneficial going into fitness and fashion because especially WBFF, it's very waist to bum ratio. Their criteria is just like healthy bikini body, but like fitness model. And it's very much marketability. Like would girls look at you on the front of a magazine and think, I want to look like her, she's got a good figure. They would think that more of a fitness fashion model that was soft than when you are shredded. That's not really a desirable look. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because that was another question I'm, I was having with you. Mm. I was like, it's so difficult to see with WBFF what mm. condition you need to come in. Like, it's really, really hard mm. because you, I remember seeing something a while ago and I honestly thought these WBFF girls have got tons more. Like, there's no chance, blah, blah, blah. But then after speaking to yourself and looking a bit more at the WBFF girls, they might be a bit more thicker, but it's not mm. always down to how much muscle mass they actually have. I think it's down to how lean mm. they actually get at the end. So mm. when you, and mm. I, when I asked you, condition-wise, where would you think I would be? You actually said I wasn't too far off, and I was like, "What? That's mm. mad!" Like in a mm. bodybuilding world, mm. I would still like, I don't know, got another twelve weeks away. Can I go? Yeah, and this is the thing that when I transitioned was kind of a head fuck for me because you're looking at yourself three weeks out comparing yourself to what you looked like three weeks out for a bodybuilding show and I was like god I've got like like what you're saying I look 12 weeks out and I'm nearly ready to go but in actual fact like what I'm saying if you read the criteria on their website or you go and do your research and look at past winners girl that girls that have been placing top three top five none of them have got veins they're not shredded they've not got like striations that's the right word isn't it um yeah so but for me going into my the pro show in November there I was two stone heavier than when I won uh PCA that's mad isn't it or yeah but that was like it's not two stone of fat but it was more fat but it was also a lot of muscle because that was what a year and a half in between shows Mm -hmm. but they want you to look full and soft and it's the look that that is most desirable Mm -hmm. um because I remember I did a poll on my Instagram and it was which look do you prefer and it was me like a roadmap of veins absolutely shredded in three and then it was me soft WBFF and people were preferring that look but at the time I was like I still love being a shredder but now I look back and I'm like do you know what for the job I'm in and coaching women and preaching fucking love yourself and be happy with your body and blah 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 being shredded all the time is kind of contradicting the message that I was sending out to my clients because I'm like that's not healthy (laughs) you know what I mean that's not sustainable so really it's kind of come at a good time that I was higher body fat I'm a heavier scale weight now but it kind of sits better with my morals and my values that I'm 
preaching all the time. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. I know what you mean. Because another area that we spoke about, and it's something that I've spoken about on my personal as well, is the whole cellulite thing. Because that was one thing we mentioned. Mm-hmm. You said to me, mm-hmm. you're not that far out. I said, yeah, but I've still got a cellulite. And you were just like, well, everyone still has it. Like, at WBF, yeah. it sounds a bit weird to say, but like, what was the condition? Like, do you still see like stretch marks or cellulite? Because I think sometimes there's a perception, and I've fallen into it as well, where I thought that everyone now, everyone just looks like Barbie dolls and they're pristine and they haven't got mm-hmm. anything like that, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. So, like what you were saying about, just to inform the listeners here, so Jazz was saying to me, oh, I've got these like fat pockets and it was actually where I have stubborn fat pockets as well. Now, I still had them on stage. You've said to me you didn't notice, but that's because... Like, and I didn't notice that on you, but you look at yourself every day and you're critiquing yourself because of the sport we do. You're constantly, look at this, look at this bat and blah, blah, blah. But everybody has cellulite. Even really slim people will have it to a certain extent because it's just how the fat attaches to the skin and um, it's only women that get it. So obviously you can decrease how dimply your skin appears if you decrease the fat that you're holding but like the photo I sent to you on Instagram the other week when I'm walking on stage I have like dimpling around just the top of my knee on both legs you would never have noticed that if I didn't point it out no and I noticed a wee while back Mags uh, Margarita Von Raal she is on Instagram put up a zoomed in photo of her doing a side pose and she had like the stretch marks like almost tiger stripe looking on her like the side of her glute sort of hip area but that's just like part and parcel with either you've put on weight and then you've lost it or you've put on muscle and your skin has grown or stretched to accommodate either the fat gain or the muscle gain or if you've had a baby like judges aren't going to discriminate if you've had a c-section or had a baby and you've got stretch marks or scars or whatever because there would there would be no women on stage (laughs) you know so because I have stretch marks as well on the top of my thighs the white color though so you don't really notice it but I know there's some women I've seen and they're like the dark purple color now, obviously, you can embrace that or you can get the magic cover-up makeup that people use for IFBB on their tattoos. Um, what I would say, though, is I don't know what your experience in the fishing, fashion and fitness, we're no fishing today, <laughs> um, <laughs> is it's because my brain's working faster than my mouth. I don't know what your experience with that is in terms of the tanning and stuff, but when we spoke on the last podcast about the WBFF tan, it is hands down like angels have made this tan. You are the best colour, and it kind of blurs any imperfections you've got on your skin. So like with the cellulite and the stretch marks and whatever, on Mags's post, she really had to zoom in on that to show you I have stretch marks, I'm a pro athlete, it's normal. Because the tan just, it's like you're almost airbrushed with this tan. I don't know what it is, it's really good. But you are their athlete. 
they're not wanting you to go on stage looking like a bag of rags. They are wanting you to look like, wow, this is the best federation. Everyone's so glamorous. I'm going to go with them. Even though the night before you looked like fucking Gollum. Do you know what I mean? It's in their best <laughs> interest <laughs> to have you look glamorous because they have this reputation to uphold. Honestly, your one-liners kill me. Like, for It's a Scottish thing. Um, <laughs> what was it I said earlier on? <laughs> oh, I don't remember. You just pull so many out. It is a Scottish thing because Erin and Adele do exactly the same thing. Full <laughs> mm-hmm. on kills mm-hmm. me. So I want to go back into closing. Um, so there's something else that you pulled up that I was doing. Is I was uh-huh. my neck. Okay. So. so if you ever watched America's Next Top Model when Tyra Banks was doing that, do you remember that? Okay. So. That's how old we are. All these 18-year-olds that are up and coming, they don't have a fucking clue. So she used to call it when somebody was like looking back over their shoulder, like, and your shoulder's kind of up a wee bit. She used to call it the no-neck monster because it's not flattering. You look like you've got no neck if you're like doing a shrug almost. So that's kind of stuck in my head as well because I used to be obsessed with that program. But when you were looking back, you were maybe doing the little bodybuilding, like little shoulder shrug. And I was saying to you, no neck monster. So you want to just relax the shoulder and think about elongating everything so that it looks flattering. And I know you're tall already, but you want to just look long and lean and nice and tall. And because with the fashion and fitness federations, it's based on looks as well. It's complexion it's skin tone it's if you've got a pretty face it's if your hair's nice and shiny so if you look like you've got no neck it's not going to be very flattering now is it so (laughs) but yeah just tiny it comes down to tiny tiny little details like that to make you look nice long graceful um and not like you're shrugging so when it comes to posing tall people versus posing Mm. small people is there different considerations that people should be, I don't know, it's actually not their responsibility, it's more the posing coach. So like, what sort of like differences would you make for someone who's like who's a very, very tall person like myself or someone who's quite small? Mm. Is there kind of different things that you have to, like when you're posing someone, do you take into consideration? Yes, because I pose differently on stage. I'm always the smallest on stage. And I do need to make myself look like I've got longer legs so it just comes down to right what leg are you putting forward to the judges and it's a lot of pointy toe stuff so if you're standing with a crossover leg you know the one we done the toe that's crossing over point it and that pointy toe will just make the leg look longer as well a lot of hands up stuff for small girls so um, you want to think about angling your elbow up as opposed to standing hands on hips when you look more horizontal. We want to look vertical, yeah. Um, with tall girls, because your legs are longer, there's obviously you have bigger leg muscle. So a lot of tall girls, I don't know if you'll agree, but they could work their quads till the cows come home and they still don't look as big and dense as if you have a shorter leg, yeah? yeah? Because there's more space for that muscle to go. Mm -hmm. So you need to make 
your legs more so because WBFF is more about sort of legs and waist. You need to make them look thicker than they are. So what we did with your jazz was I said to you, right, I want you to put that leg that's facing, when you were side pose, right, leg that's nearest the judges, lock it straight, sit all the way right out in that glute. And I said to you, your bum has just grown three inches. Yeah, that just was from putting, And I, you seen it, didn't you? You seen it going, pow. <laughs> this is the thing. I, I feel like my arch, I have years of abuse of my arch with my back being quite good. But I didn't realise how much more I had to see mm. on my bum and arch and stretch that hip glute area out to create mm -hmm. that illusion that you're talking about of making my bum look even bigger. That was quite a yeah. shock to me. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I'm all right. My, my, you know, I have quite a few years of mm -hmm. doing the arch. It's fine. You were like, no, more, more, more. And I was like, oh my God, mm -hmm. my bones actually mm -hmm. break. But it is the importance of pushing down. Because um, that's the same yeah because you have the gift of height as well you suited when you had your hands just by your side or it was maybe coming up slightly playing with the hair and back down again because you don't need to make yourself look elongated um i would say as well for a, see a lot of tall girls that i see competing they do try and make themselves look smaller have you noticed that i do that fucking embrace it bitch yeah. like if you're tall be tall because you've got four foot nothing me over here who's been trying to grow a foot since I was about seven year old. So if you are tall and you're in the tall class, stand tall. Because I notice when I'm looking at girls that almost try and bend their knees to look smaller or they'll try and like curve the shoulders in to look smaller. And I'm like, it's actually doing the opposite you need to look tall tall and think about push your chest up put your shoulders back like you're showing off your physique and if you're in the tall class well everyone else is tall as well so yeah just go with that when i was speaking to charlie about this in the other podcast it is more of a i used to crouch down and make myself smaller mm. because i thought oh i'm not gonna my muscle bellies aren't gonna look as full or is like thick. yeah. I think mm. even though everyone goes, oh, it's great to be tall. I always envy the smaller girls because they just look <laughs> thick in their muscles and they look really dense. Whereas I never get that look because I would mm. have to hit like a fifteen-year off season. Like, I ain't ready. <laughs> yeah. like, it is interesting hearing that perspective, um, and it is something that I, that even with that one that we that posing session we just did, it, it was a reminder of elongate bring up, mm -hmm. bring everything up mm -hmm. and stand proud. Because one thing that we haven't mentioned, which might be interesting is the differences between the amateur and the pro mm -hmm. stage with WBFF. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? So you've obviously seen my amateur stage photos. I am a shredder on them. That was coming out of the bodybuilding scene, trying to transition into the fitness fashion scene. and like going back to your question earlier not really knowing where was the line where you need to stop being in this deficit and fill out and blah 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 mm -hmm. so I obviously won my pro card competing as an amateur before I was probably ready to win it but I shared a quote on Instagram the other week and it was like, start before you're ready and blah, 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 because it gives you the kick up the bum. 
so I was really, really lean as an amateur, and that's what you'll see a lot in WBFF. People will get their pro cards, but not be at the pro level yet, but the judges have thought, well, like, it might be everything about you or just something about you, and they see that potential, and they want you to go away, train really hard, and come back and be at the level of a pro. Because we spoke about it on the last podcast, I was a shredder at that amateur show. I won my pro card. Four months later, I was absolutely buzzing, thinking, I'm just going to do my first pro show. I'm going to go international. I'm going to, like, go in for it, all guns blazing, blah, blah, blah. Didn't place, didn't even get a call out. And that was because I was still thinking, oh, well, if I won and got a pro card being shredded, I'll go and be shredded again, and surely I'll do well. But in actual fact, it was like eye-opening because the pro girls are thick. Um, I was the shortest on that stage as well, but they were like seasoned pros. They'd went away, worked really hard. It was more their legs, I noticed, like the quads on them were massive. Yeah. And I looked like, I, I, I looked out of place, and I see that now when I look at the lineup. Um, so that's the difference because I feel like pro bikini and WBFF are very womanly, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. They're very bum, hips, thighs, you know, where when you're amateur, it's more you're a girl, not yet a woman. Yeah. <laughs> no, but do you know what I mean? Yeah, because you even mentioned about um, like the hands on hips. I remember doing that at, at the posing session we just did, and you were like, nope, no hands on mm-hmm. hips, too manly. And I was like, oh, that, I'm going back into my bodybuilding ways again. I was like, no. But no, it was very interesting. Yeah, it's, it's small things like that, because when you're doing your bodybuilding poses, you're trying to flex the muscles and contract them and show off look at the muscles I've been working for. So you're standing hands on hips, your toes are slightly out, you're tensing the quads. When you do your back pose, you're squeezing down on the lats, squeezing shoulder blades together, toes curled into the ground to pop your hamstrings out. You're trying to show the judges, look at my big muscles that I've been working for, blah, blah, blah. But when you go into WBFF, it's more like you need the muscle there for the shape. So... It's good to have worked your shoulders because you've got the wee shoulder cap, which then in turn makes the waist look small, but they don't want to see the veins in your shoulders. Mm-hmm. Yes, they want to see a big bum and big quads because, again, it's the illusion of the waist, and it's a nice shape to the leg, but they don't want to see all the cuts and every single muscle that's in your leg. Mm-hmm. So it's more like going, go away and train really, really hard but then just don't get shredded. Have that muscle there, like you're saying, the muscle bellies, but use that as more of just having a womanly shape than being a little shredder. Yeah. Does that make sense? Being a little shredder. I love that. <laughs> the other question I have, right? Hair flicking, right? It's stressful for me because I have juicy art hair, right? And the photo sheet last week, I was trying not to play with my hair too much because it gets so greasy so quickly. Now, yeah. hair flicking is an important part mm. of WBFF fashion process. It sure it is. Uh-huh. that your fluids and you know you're relaxed mm-hmm. all that sort of thing. And I think it's a mm-hmm. nice way to transition from what we've done in the process. Mm-hmm. But 
How mm. do you stop your hair from getting greasy? Like, because mm. usually with bodybuilding, you keep your hair in one place and you know it looks good. But I think it's quite hard yes. when you're doing all this fl hair flicking with WBFF because you don't, you can't see whether you flicked your hair like so it looks okay mm. still. Does that make sense? I mean, don't get me wrong, when you come off stage, you do look like your head is a bird's nest because you've just been flicking it that way, flicking it that way, running your fingers through it, and you're just fucking sassy as fuck. But I would just say, like, I only wash my hair, like, two or three times a week anyway. Reason being... I used to wash it every day and then one of my hairdresser clients was like that's really bad for your natural oils and blah 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 but you can train your hair because my hair used to be really greasy if I didn't wash it every day but it's like it gets used to not being washed all the time but now I'm like dry shampoo blah 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 I actually before I go on stage um because my hair's quite soft anyway so when I'm getting my hair done backstage I'll usually ask if they don't already to put, you know, the dry shampoo you get that's for brown hair and it's just like the brown colouring and it's almost like a, just like a talcum powder, isn't it, dry shampoo? Mm -hmm. And it just gives the hair texture, but then also when you're touching it all the time and playing about with it, you don't come off looking like you've just been swimming. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? The problem, like, yeah. I, like the front bits of my hair, it's like two bits that have like, doesn't matter how much I try and hair like blow dry it, it just mm. clumps together. Mm. Mm, yeah. But no, I think it is important though, because the amount of hair flicking you have to do with this like WBF stuff, mm. I feel like with the confidence effects, you really have to go for it. Like even when you taught mm. me that transition from the side to the back, it was like an Instagram like mm. e sort of shot. I, I couldn't mm. show it. I had to be like, boom, I'm here. And I think that's quite mm. like hard, I think, sometimes to get into that mindset of being sassy. Because as some girls will know already, like, I'm not, na I wouldn't class myself as naturally sassy at all. Mm. When I did the Mammy Pro Eye Walk and I sent it to my mates. They went, who the fuck is that? Like, mm. where's that twin of yours? Because it's just not me at all. So, yeah. What sort of things could you advise people? Because I think that's sometimes a barrier some people have to go into these sort of federations is, I haven't mm. got that sass, I haven't got the confidence, I can't do it. So what sort of things would you advise people? Oh, you got your little... Uh, and I was just crying for attention. Come up then. Um, is that, like, what's the word? Like that alter ego. Yeah. That stage persona, because... When you're Monday to Friday, Beth and Jazz, you're Monday to Friday, Beth and Jazz. When it's Saturday night and you're going out with your pals and you've had a couple of drinks and your jam comes on, you're a different bitch, right? So it's that persona that when you go on stage, as soon as I walk out from the curtain, I'm that bitch, okay? So it's like, when it's your first couple of shows though, I remember, you might be able to relate to this as well, like your nervousness on your face reads on your stage photos. If you've ever watched videos back, you can see that you're shitting yourself, right? Yeah. But I think the more you do it, or even like if it is your first show, the more you can practice in your house, get a posing coach, do the FaceTime posings if you can't see them in person, all of this, practice, 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 so that when you step on stage, that's it, second nature. You can go out there, you've practiced it a million times, you know what you're doing, 
I don't know, even sit your granny down and practice in front of her and pretend she's a judge. I don't know, but just <laughs> things like that. Um, and whatever gets you in the zone. Like, I know when I'm at the gym, I've got my gym playlists. That's me, I'm in the zone. Before I go on stage, as I've mentioned to you before, RuPaul's Drag Race is my go-to, right? Yeah. We're both big fans. Yeah. But I just think there's like a, there's montages on YouTube of the runway walks, the lip sync battles, especially lip sync for your life, blah, blah. The sass that those men who are pretending to be a woman, the sass that they ooze puts everyone else to shame. Yeah. I just think, and it's like, they, they just blow my mind. They're just so sassy. I'm actually obsessed with it. I love it. I've just seen um, that the RuPaul's Drag Race Canada is now on BBC iPlayer. So I'm going to go and binge watch that when I came off here. Um, so stuff like that, like whatever just gets you in that frame of mind that you can just block out all the doubt like the nervousness the big audience if you feel like nervous in it with a big crowd or whatever all of that stuff um and as well like when Beyonce goes on stage she's Sasha Fierce this is her persona this is her alter ego you need to get into character because as daft as that sounds but the majority of people listening to this podcast will be competitors and you do know that you kind of turn it on when you go on stage you are that bitch yeah I had to say, I said this before, I think, like, my my husband will agree. He takes the piss out of me for watching it all the time. He's like, why are you watching this rubbish? Mm. But he just understands, like, the, I, I know the reason why I watch it is seeing their confidence. And I've said mm. this before, it's the way they're able to have this sass and confidence on stage mm-hmm. and the, forget inhibitions, even though they've had so many things happen in their life and, you know, mm. there are still countries and areas that people don't accept who they are. Mm-hmm. And to mm-hmm. be able to, with all that going on, still rock the stage the way they do and mm. that in self, I just think mm. is insane. And I think if anyone is what is listening to this and is struggling, mm. honestly, watch it because over mm. time you kind of sounds silly, even in my I'm gonna really embarrass myself here. When I'm hit <laughs> so, yeah. by myself, right? If I'm binge watching RuPaul and there was in the house, mm. when they're doing their eye walks, I will actually walk at the same time as them and do a posing. Do you not think see RuPaul's music? That's such a good beat for practicing. Yeah. Isn't it? It's the exact beat that you would walk to. Yeah. hundred percent. So yeah. But just like what you're saying, when you're watching RuPaul, when they are men and they're in the workroom, they're different. As soon as they put that pair of heels on and that lace front wig, it's like their personality is altered as well. And I feel like that's the way you need to be on stage because like, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a shy person, but even when I go to the gym, and get changed. I won't just strip off naked in front of everybody. I'll either hide in a little corner or I'll go in a cubicle. So people are like, I can't believe you're that embarrassed about stuff like that or like I'm a wee bit of a prude. And people are like, you're all over the internet, half naked, pretty much. You basically do that for a living. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not me. <laughs> that's <laughs> my alter ego. You don't know. <laughs> so. You do totally change because I would never prance about in my brand pants 
in front of strangers. Yeah. But I'll do it if there's a crown involved, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so true, so true. So the last mm. bit that we've got written yeah. down in my very, very uh, professional notes. So we spoke about coaches and being, I don't know whether it's a case of you have to teach your coach, this is the way that we do things, or yeah. you kind of be with a coach who understands it. But I want you to kind of, tell the listeners the importance of getting a coach that's either willing to adapt to the way that they tend to diet girls in or mm -hmm. if they've got the experience. I think it's really, really important. Okay, so again, I've been on both sides. I've done the bodybuilding and I've done the fitness fashion. Um, for those shows, I have stayed with the same coach. My coach uh, just now is Joe Parrish and he is absolutely amazing cannot fault him we've been through a roller coaster together and i've been with him for what three years so it's been a long time you really get to know somebody but it's good because they get to know your body they get to know right how many weeks do you need to come in lean enough blah 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 so we obviously did the pca shows together which were the bodybuilding ones got me absolutely the most shredded i've ever been in my life placed top two what did they get top two london top two british and seventh in the world pca so we were doing something right then i was obviously reading the criteria because you need to do your research with these things and um, reading the criteria for wbff and it was saying like a soft fuller look bikini blah 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 now between i done pca worlds and the wbff amateur show in 2018 we had someone like two weeks in between. So it was, right, we need to fill you out. So it was a lot of carbs, a lot of dominoes, blah, blah, blah. I was still shredded because I think sometimes when you don't know how your body's going to react, you could actually get leaner yeah. <laughs> after a carb up. Yeah. So I obviously won that as an amateur, but they says to me, you are far too lean. When I did the LA show four months later, I wasn't as lean. I did try and fill out, but I just hadn't taken enough time off to get that muscle mass and that sort of hips, bum, thighs, the womanly shape that they're looking for that the other seasoned pros had got. So we weren't going into it completely blind, but I was Joe's first client that had done WBFF. Um, I think he's coached a couple of other girls that had did like your Miami Pro and your Pure Elite and stuff like that, but they are a lot leaner, aren't they, than WBFF. Uh -huh. So, yeah, he kind of had experience in that field, but we were just both saying, right, let's just, let's just prep. We'll see what happens. I was obviously on YouTube and Instagram looking at past winners, past top three, past top five, looking what they were looking for, and the girls did have... Um, a, a bigger sort of body fat percentage, if you want to get technical with it, than your PCA winners, etc. So then when we did the pro show, November 2019, and I won that, I almost want to say that was a fluke because both of us agreed that I wasn't ready, but we were like, oh, well, we've entered, we've paid the money, we'll do it anyway, we'll see what happens. <laughs> and just as well, I did go in for it. But that was because we were both thinking, 
oh well last year I was a lot leaner like what I'm saying there was about 10 kilo difference right in a year so we were kind of winging it we were working together we were doing the research the best we could but what I would say is the majority of coaches out there if not 99% of people that are in this industry and they coach they prep coach they will be prepping clients for bodybuilding shows yeah so they will be their one job is to get you shredded while keeping you as healthy as you could be yeah. with that low body fat right whereas wbff's a funny one because it's like the want you fool but not too fool and you've got to be kind of lean but not that lean so i think it would be good for girls that are looking again at that federation in particular to do your research about coaches and either go with a coach that you know has prepped someone for I'm going to say WBFF specifically because I do think the girls for the other fashion federations like your Miami Pro and your Pure Elite that are leaner right so I think you would get you would get away with a bodybuilding coach for that but WBFF get a coach that's prepped somebody for that fed already that knows what they're looking for, that knows that very fine line between full, lean, you know, all this. Or you can get a official WBFF coach. Now, what I'm going to say off the back of that is people think there's a lot of politics in any federation, right? But I want to stick up for WBFF because I won two shows with them without being with an official coach yeah. so you don't need one but what I'm saying to you is it would help because that person knows what the judges are looking for yeah. to a T because they've lived and breathed that federation yeah no I get that I get that and mm-hmm. I think that was one I'll be honest that's one kind of thing I thought for, oh, if I'm doing this federation I have to go with it but I think that Looking into it, and after we've spoken quite a bit about WBFF mm. off this podcast, I think it because it is such a particular look. I think it mm-hmm. is handy if you can, yeah. or even just consider it, or get someone like yourself who is a posing coach in the remit, and you understand the sort of poses and mm. the sort of like condition as well. Because even though I've done Miami Pro, I think. In comparison, there, there are differences in even within that. So if you're going to someone who's a Miami Pro purely posing coach who hasn't hasn't done WBFF and you're looking to go to WBFF, I think it is better to go with someone. I completely agree with you. I think that federation has got its own identity in comparison to the others. I think you can. It's not a case you can't you know chop and change, switch in and out. But I do think. As I say, researching, speaking to you, I think, and doing the posing session that we've just done together, I do think it is good to at least go for a posing coach who is a WBFF pro who 100% understands it. Because even when the little things I was showing you that I did for my pro, you're like, mm, like that's okay, but this is a WBFF way. And I think that's mm-hmm. the insight that like you gave me today that I, mm-hmm. that I wouldn't have had beforehand. So yeah, because their coaches they have just set official coaches but a lot of their coaches have been competitors in WBFF themselves like a lot of the world champions are now coaches but like I say they've been in the game a lot of years 
they know exactly what they're looking for. And I think it's good to have a coach that's been a competitor because when it's peak week and you are freaking out, they know how that feels. So, yeah. What I would say as well with posing coaches is I think it would be good to get someone that's done a WBFF show because they actually know to a T, like I was saying to you, oh, I did this, and then my feedback was change it to this. Mm -hmm. And then that means I can help you because I've had that constructive criticism myself. Whereas if you have a posing coach that's done bodybuilding shows and they've maybe watched a couple of YouTubes on WBFF, yeah, they're going to have an idea, but I don't think it's the same as actually experiencing it. Yeah. Like, I got a mail from a girl a little while ago who was looking to do IFBB. She was like, oh, I know you do posing and you've done three feds, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I could go and watch a YouTube tutorial and know how to do IFBB and, you know, take this girl on as a client. But I was like, honestly, I would recommend her, her, her. They've done it, they've placed. And she was like, oh, thanks very much. Because I think you just need that inside scoop. You yeah. need somebody that's walked in your field. Yeah. Hey. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. No, that's very, very true. Um, yeah, I'm just going to agree with everything that you're saying. I can't think of anything else. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. But just agree, agree, Jazz. I just agree. Just smile away, boys. Just smile away. That's, all good. that's the one. But... I think we'll end it there, but I hope this has been mm -hmm. helpful for people listening. As I say, mm -hmm. I I feel like WBFF is its own. I just love the whole vibe of it, and I before I let my heels go, Do I, it. Do I, it. I just need a second mortgage before I get my first one, and then we can be fair. <laughs> but no, I I do love it, and I haven't worn the whole glitzy bikini and all that sort of stuff but thank you so much for that posing session it did actually help me i'm not too rusty so we we good we good and i'm not too rusty either so we good <laughs> but if people want to find you where can they um and you're taking posing online at the moment obviously with covid it's not face to face but you're still doing online aren't you yeah, like I've always done, even before lockdown, if there's, because obviously I'm Dundee based up in Scotland, so if there's girls from down south that have got in touch, um, I find that the sort of FaceTime posing can be just as effective. Yeah. Like, did you have anything today that was like different from a one-to-one, -one, apart from the fact that I was going right arm, left arm, instead of physically touching you and moving you yeah. but it can be actually really effective so yeah I'm doing obviously working from home it's dead flexible so if anybody would like a wee FaceTime posing sesh they can slide into the old DMs on I've got two Instagrams the body by Beth one which is my business one or I am B B double E Scott underscore WBFF pro on my personal Instagram account. Yeah, I agree with the whole like FaceTime stuff. I actually had never done an online session before COVID. Mm -hmm. And as you mm -hmm. say, it was the only difference was you wasn't able to touch, but if you can place your arms, you set because it was literally just yeah. your back leg move this, this, this. It's kind of like, I think when you're FaceTiming and you are uh, the client, I think it is being a bit more like puppet-like and being yes. able to really listen to what they're saying. I think that's like the only 
thing that you kind of need to know about. But yeah, I just wish I faked hand before the session. That's probably my only regret, to be honest. <laughs> Fake tan makes the world a difference, exactly. doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah. But no, thank you so much, babe. And we're so welcome. Catch everyone in the next episode.